the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. Never trust a preacher who owns more than two suits. A comedian named Lenny Bruce said that a long time ago. Might be a little bit of an exaggeration, a little unfair, but you get the point there. And you'll probably get the point when you find out who our award winner is this week. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Uh, You knew the Reverend Al Sharpton was going to put on his best $2,000 suit, hop in a private jet, and head to Memphis to speak at Tyree Nichols' funeral. And you knew he'd say something stupid like this. Well, Reverend Al, you don't understand. How are they going to keep crime down in the black community and at the same time not be tough and rough? Well, they do it the same way they do it on the white side of Memphis. And they keep the crime down without being rough and tough. How do you have the same department that can keep crime down on one side of town without beating folk to death? But you can't do it on the other side of town unless you feel that you can get away with it there. I can't speak for everybody in Memphis. I can't speak for everybody gathering. But for me, I believe that that man had been white. You wouldn't have beat him like that that night. Is it me or does Al speak a little differently when he's speaking to a crowd like that than he does when he's on MSNBC? Maybe I'm just imagining it. Anyway, uh, so what the Reverend is saying there is that if those same poorly trained bad cops had been on the white side of town and had encountered a white guy, proper protocol would have been followed and they would have issued him a parking ticket. That's all that would have happened, which is a nice theory based on nothing. But it's also a theory that's dumb enough to get you named the AM1250, the answer, jerk of the week. Yeah, so congratulations to Al. When we come back, uh, I'm sorry, the Reverend Al. When we come back, you may have noticed that it's a little nippy out there. And if you own an electric vehicle, it might affect your travel plans. Well, what plans? Wait till you hear how much money the Biden administration is spending to put charging stations in at really cold places where nobody wants to drive an EV. And in our second half hour, Governor Ron DeSantis was right again. We have proof. Stick around. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it. Dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, there's nothing quite like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with rough greens. In fact, I just talked to my wife about it because we want them to be healthy and we want them to be with us as long as possible. That's true. I know Sebastian Gorka feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. Our pups, Killian and Leia, rely on us to provide what's best for them. And naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed rough greens full of vitamins minerals, digestive enzymes, omega oils, and more that supplement their food in a way that has shown us great results. Trying out Rough Greens is an easy yes, recommended by me, Dr. G. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black here, and I'm so proud that the Pragers and Sebastian Gorka have entrusted their dog's health to Rough Greens. I'm so confident that Rough Greens can help your dog, I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes, your dog's food is dead food, but you can bring it back to life with Rough Greens. Go to RUFFGreens.com. Are you tired? of long hold times when you need tech support look no further than vision computers with us the average hold time is just 15 seconds that means you won't be stuck on hold for hours on end waiting for assistance 
But that's not all. Our custom-built PCs also come with three years of parts and labor included, plus one year of managed service. That means you can have peace of mind knowing that your computer is covered for any potential issues. And when you purchase a new PC from us, you'll get printer, email, and general software setup assistance at no charge. That's right. We'll help you get your new computer set up and running smoothly at no extra cost. We know how important it is to have a reliable computer, and that's why we go above and beyond to provide top-notch tech support and service. Visit us at www.visioncomputers.com or call us at 404-COMPUTE to speak with a live person today. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open-heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. The bigger your 401k, the better your retirement, right? Wrong. The fact is, with proposed new taxes, another market crash, inflation, and rising healthcare costs, you could be forced to downsize your retirement. Discover the secret savvy investors are turning to for retirement security. A new 401k law that unlocks an ingenious retirement protection plan that could protect your savings from inflation and a stock market downturn while boosting your retirement income as much as 40%. It's all laid out in simple language in a new book from Josh Melberg. His insightful guide is your roadmap to retiring with confidence and it's yours free with one call don't risk a lifetime of work building your retirement this little known retirement protection plan could safeguard your wealth and boost your retirement up to 40 percent for your free copy of guarantee your retirement by josh melberg call now call 800-337-8051 that's 800-337-8051 800-337-8051 this is the john stacker show on am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer well you might have noticed that it's a little nippy out there last i checked it was 16 degrees going down to seven tonight that might be something to take into account if you have an electric vehicle and you plan on taking a trip they don't do so well in the cold, and that brings us to the uh, the study, the the stupidity, I should say, of the uh, of the Biden administration. They decided to spend lots of money on charging stations in places where it gets really cold. Diane Furchgott Roth is the director of the Center for Energy, Climate, and the Environment at the Heritage Foundation, and she joins us now. Diane, thanks for coming on the show. Great to be with you. Such so, an honor to be with you. So uh, <laughs> the story that you had up there at the Daily uh, Signal um, was uh, perfect for today around here because it's, uh, as I said, it's 7 degrees here um, right now, or exactly. 16. And, 16. And I'm sure those EV batteries are not doing too well if there are any of them in Pittsburgh. That's right. So how much has the big guy spent or how much is he planning to spend on charging stations around the country? He's planning on spending $7.5 billion. And maybe that, well, first of all, I don't think it makes sense anywhere, but it certainly doesn't make sense in states like Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Alaska. I mean, in Wyoming, there's 510 electric vehicles. They're spending $27 million on charging stations. That's $53,000 per electric vehicle. And they're not even putting these charging stations where people go. Uh, in Yellowstone National Park and Grand Teton National Park. They want to put them on 50, at 50-mile 50 increments all along highways where there are very few people who travel. Yeah, so Wyoming has the federal government saying, well, well, we're happy to have the charging stations. Let's put them where people go. And guess what? Uncle Sam said no. The Transportation Department said no. We have to put them along the highways 50 miles apart. Yeah, because somebody up there or somebody down there in D.C. thinks that 
those charging stations are going to get some a guy who lives in Wyoming to decide to get an electric car and just figure, well, yeah, you know, they got a charging station every 50 miles. How bad can it be if I'm out there and it's minus 10? It's <laughs> it's beyond right. stupid. And by the way, uh, I've been to Wyoming in the winter and to uh, Yellowstone Park in the winter on snowmobile trips, and I'm not going there with an electric car. I'm just not. I'm not getting stuck in the middle of Wyoming in January. It's not going to happen. Well, exactly. Exactly. And also, uh, the charging stations, the rule is they only, they cannot be more than a mile off of the highway. So Wyoming wanted to know if they could put them where the gas stations were, which in some cases was over a mile off the highway because uh, distances in Wyoming are very large. Mm-hmm. They don't just want to put a charging station in the middle of nowhere. You want to have a convenience store, a bathroom. You want to have something around it. Guess what? The federal government said, no, we have to put them a mile off the highway. So they want to put a new little plaza with the charging station on it where there's nothing around, nothing to do while your vehicle's charging and for 45 minutes. You might find some traffic out there in the summertime. It's nice out there in the summertime. There's nobody driving on those roads today, right now. Uh, you right. know, they, they get 10 inches of snow out there overnight. I've been there when it's happened. And also... Nothing. Yeah, and it's also it's nothing. It's, it's nothing to people. You don't, you don't just buy a car for the summertime. You buy right. a car for all months. Right. So if it's not going to work in the winter, you're just not going to buy it. You'd be pretty dumb to buy one knowing what you've just described here if you lived in Wyoming. So there's 510 people in Wyoming in the entire state. That was as of 2021. 510... Uh, Electric vehicle. Yeah, yeah. And in North Dakota, there's even fewer. There's 380 electric vehicles. And the federal government wants to spend, believe it or not, $26 million for charging stations. That's $68,000 per electric vehicle in North Dakota. Can you believe it? Oh, yeah. I believe it 100%. It doesn't surprise me at all. They're pushing this, and, they're, and they don't care how stupid it is. It's, it's beyond belief how... how just obsessed they are with this. Um, and, so, and, and, and even further north in Alaska, there's about 1,300 EVs. They want to spend $52 million. That's 40000 per EV. I mean, Alaska, that is huge. And there's very cold temperatures there in the winter and sometimes even in the spring and fall. Uh-huh. No one wants EVs in Alaska. And I, I'm, trying to, I'm picturing the size of Alaska. And in the entire state, <laughs> yeah. there are 1,300 people uh, who have an electric vehicle. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and they're probably in the city, and they probably have an SUV also, and a minivan also. It's probably like a toy car, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you just buy it to impress your friends how, how liberal you are, and so, how environmentally conscious you are. Wyoming doesn't, will not accept the $27 million. What What's the reason for right. not to, and are they, but they're not allowed not to accept, but why, what would they? No, no, they are, they are. They are, they are allowed not to accept it, so they're not accepting it. They're not accepting it uh, and because they say that after five years, they are going to have to look after it themselves. They are going to have to maintain these stations. And they don't want to be left maintaining these stations that no one is using, where you can just see a station out in the middle of nowhere with a little weeds growing around it and, uh, you know, maybe a fence around it. They just don't want to have to have the responsibility and the cost to the Wyoming taxpayer of maintaining those. So they're saying no thank you to the $27 million. And So uh, what does weather like we're having around here do to a battery's range? It reduces it by uh, about 40 to 60%. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, for example, if it would normally go 240 miles, it might only go uh, 120 or 150 miles. And so if you have the Fiat 42, for example, that lost 40% of its range in the winter. And the Ford Mustang uh, lost 35% of its range. They don't seem to talk about that much when they're pushing these. They do not, no. No, it's because they have an ideology that they want people to use electric vehicles, even though it makes us more dependent on China because it's China that makes these batteries. Yeah, um, Just the way that uh, Russia cut off natural gas supplies to Europe, China could cut off its supplies of electric batteries to us. So this makes no sense any way you look at it. And, it, and these are not zero emission vehicles, by the way, because 
you need to make electricity to charge the batteries. Right. Making electricity calls for some kind of fossil fuels. We're talking You're not making your electricity with with uh, wind and solar. We're talking to Diana Furchgott Roth of the uh, Heritage Foundation, and in your piece at the Daily Signal, you, <laughs> I see that AAA actually has a fleet of vehicles, and the sole purpose is to rescue uh, electric cars in chilly situations. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and and, oh. and um, so if they're losing this range, and they're and they're even if you put these charging stations fifty miles apart, that that's not you're you're uh, you're cutting it kind of close here, aren't you? Are you uh, are you really are you are really cutting it close? Yes, yes, and it's not like that's going to incentivize anybody. Uh, what's interesting is that uh, Tesla, that sells two thirds of all electric vehicles sold in the United States, has its own set of charging stations. So you think, well, if Tesla can produce its own set of charging stations for its customers, why can't the why can't private companies also produce their own set of charging stations? Why does the federal government have to come in and do this? Well, uh, uh, I'm just wondering how many how many winners. Do you think we need to go through before people in these places? Well, not the place. I think the people in in Wyoming and and in Dakotas and Alaska they already have the have a clue, but the people who are selling these and not only actually literally selling them like the car companies, but the government people who are selling the idea. How many winners do you suppose it will take before they have to admit to this, or they or they either get the clue or admit that they have a clue? Uh, I, I, I hope that we're going to have another administration that will pull back on some of this spending. I yeah. think the spending is ideologically driven. Uh, when the current administration is in power, they're not going to admit they make a mistake because it's difficult to admit that you made a mistake. But if we have a new um, president, a Republican president, they will probably suggest this as one of the ways to cut spending. And we have a massive deficit already. We're passing this debt down to our children and grandchildren. We need to be looking for sensible ways to cut spending. This is certainly one of them. Yeah, and uh, I see that uh, looking at the numbers here, uh, West Virginia is right down the road from me here. I live about half an hour from West Virginia. And in the entire state, there are 1,010 electric vehicles. And they're getting $46 million. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and that that it comes to $46,000 per West Virginian who owns an EV. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And this is I, I I was stunned when I read this. I don't think too many people are aware of this. Are they, Diana? I don't think they are. No, I haven't seen it anywhere else. That's why I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, good idea cuz I I'm I'm stunned by it. So it seems a little unfair for people here in Pittsburgh to be asked to contribute to the cost of somebody's uh, EV in Wyoming or Alaska and, and, and to contribute to the incentive to them to buy an electric car. I don't care if they ever buy an electric car. Why am I paying for it? Right. Well, even in California, the people who buy these Teslas and Hummers uh, have above average incomes. And it's not fair for people in Pittsburgh to be paying for their charging stations either. So it's not just in these cold states. There's no reason anyone should pay for someone else's charging station. That's why Tesla, even though people might not like Teslas and they might look down on them, at least Elon Musk puts up his own charging station mm-hmm. for the people who buy his car. There isn't any reason for the federal government to have to do this. We've already seen that it's possible for a company to do it. You wrote a piece um, at the Daily Signal also, uh, Diana, about what happened down there in Virginia when the governor there, Glenn Youngkin, um, he removed Virginia from competing with Michigan for an electric battery plant. And you say that was a good thing. Why was that a good thing? We have tax incentives for battery factories, and we don't want to be giving those to Chinese companies. This is a major Chinese company that is supported by the Chinese Communist Party. It's supported by Beijing. It's going to come and operate this plant. We don't know how many Chinese workers it's going to bring. We don't know what control it's going to have over the workforce. But the bottom line is 
these tax credits were intended for American companies, not for Chinese companies. And Virginia, Virginians don't want to give their own state subsidies to a Chinese company either. They want to save them for American companies, and they have plenty of American companies coming in, like Amazon, for example. Well, then, and, and as you point out, China uh, is rooting hard for EVs to catch on in the United States, aren't they? They want EVs to catch on because they want to be selling us the batteries. Just like the, the Japanese want us to have high-speed rail so they can sell us the cars and the rail lines. Yeah. Well, hey, um, I, uh, I really appreciate you, you coming on, Diana. This is a great piece. People should uh, check it out at DailySignal.com. And everybody should just, uh, I think, as we drop down to 7 degrees tonight, be glad you don't have an electric vehicle. Or at least... I hope you have a gas-powered one in the garage, too. Thanks for coming on, though. Thanks for having me on your show. It's great to be with you. Okay, that's Diana Furchgott-Roth, and um, she is uh, with the uh, Daily Signal and the Heritage Foundation, the director of the Center for Energy, Climate, and the Environment. These numbers are just stunning. Um, to, To think that you're going to work. Well, you're finishing your work week. Maybe you're just on your home, your way home from having worked for a week, and you know a certain amount of your money was taken out or will be taking out, taken out to pay your federal income tax, and it's going to go to pay for a charging station somewhere in the middle of Wyoming. Okay, and they do this with a straight face, and there are what was the number on Wyoming? Uh, there were <laughs> there were uh, 510 registered electric vehicles as of 2021 in the entire state of Wyoming. There's one in every 1,135 people. And in, in California, where they're really stupid, it's one in 69. But I saw a figure a while ago, and I don't know if this has changed, but uh, something like 20% of the people who have bought electric vehicles, got rid of them, changed their mind and said, eh, don't like it. I don't have a problem with electric car. I, I think it'd be pretty cool to own one. I wouldn't have, you know, if it was my third car and it, I kept it in the garage and kept it plugged in and I didn't have to worry about getting gas. But I, if I, got, if I have to go on a 250-mile trip and I have to pull into a charging station and wait a half hour to fill it up, I'm out. I don't want it. Don't want it. And I think they maybe they make sense for people who live in urban areas. If you live in Shadyside or if you live in Squirrel Hill or if you live in the city of Pittsburgh somewhere, it might make sense if you're only putting a couple hundred miles a week on your car and you don't have to worry about charging it. And maybe it makes sense if you um, have another car that you take on trips, but that car is going to use gas. So the gas is still going to be creating the emissions that everybody hates so much. And it, what's how is the problem solved? I, it's just it's beyond belief that they get away with this. And 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 as she said, she saw this. Diana said she has seen this nowhere. This story anywhere else. How is it that the media are not? focused on this when there's any discussion about electric vehicles. Do you think maybe, well, I'm, I was going to say you could ask Joe Biden at a press conference, but that's, that's not going to happen. But do you think you could ask somebody, I don't know, uh, Transportation Secretary Mr. Buttigieg, could ask him, Alfred E. Newman, hey, Alfred, you know, <laughs> there's 500 car electric cars in Wyoming. It's a pretty big state, I think. A lot of territory out there. Why are we spending, uh, why do you guys want to spend $27 million on charging stations out there? One for every 510 people. Unbelievable. But that's where we are. And when uh, when we come back, we're going to have a good story about uh, Governor DeSantis down in Florida. He was right about education. Right again. I'll be right back. Well, that's our in news. I'm John Scott. Retired Navy Admiral James Stavridis 
tells the Salem Radio Network he's not certain the suspected Chinese spy balloon seen floating over Montana amounts to a serious effort by the Chinese Communist Party to gather intelligence. I'm not sure they deliberately are driving this balloon over the United States, and they're they're kind of backpedaling themselves. Um, but yeah, we shouldn't be in the business of allowing anything floating around over the United States from a foreign power. Stavridis says the U.S. should show great caution in shooting the balloon down as it could result in debris falling in populated areas. China claims the balloon was being used as a floating research ship when it went off course. The balloon over the central U.S. moving eastward at 60,000 feet. The Dow is down 172 points, the Nasdaq off 188. This is SRN News. We're entering a time of increasing hostility against people of faith. A time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral and physical and financial basis, unlike any other time in our lifetime. I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author, evangelical leader, here to remind you that you have to take action to protect and steward what God has given you. For example, record high inflation is going to continue to eat away at the dollar, and the savings of your retirement account is in danger. Fortunately, God does provide a way. To protect your retirement, I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. Now, to see how it works, just text the word FAITH to 989898. That'll give you access to a free info kit on gold IRAs. There are no strings attached, so text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 right now, and I pray your family is blessed with peace of mind because you took action. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. That's my fear that 20 years from now, guys like this could be the best guy on your department because the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts don't want to do this job anymore when people are calling for their heads or to defund them. I keep wondering, who wants to be a police officer considering what these men and women are up against? The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. Treat your someone special to an unexpectedly special Valentine's Day with a gift from Trinity Jewelers. From their beautiful crosses, diamond, pearl, and gemstone collections, Mark Helgerman and the custom jewelry experts at Trinity Jewelers will help you find or create the perfect gift to express exactly how you feel. Visit trinityjewelers.com today or find them aboard the Gateway Clipper at the Word FM Valentine Date Night, February 10th. Trinity Jewelers, your trusted custom jeweler for over 50 years. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Do you have a loved one entering a nursing home? There's a lot at stake. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Depending on your family's long-term care goals, there are important decisions that should be made before a facility is needed. Talk to a qualified legal professional today. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we can help your family navigate the complicated Medicaid rules so that you can properly save some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy and Hagerman at a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. It'll be breezy this evening, otherwise partly cloudy skies and cold tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 7. Times of clouds and sunshine tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 33. A moonlit sky tomorrow night, the low 29, but temperatures rising into the middle 30s. Sunday will be mostly cloudy and windy. We'll see a dramatic warm-up after the brief Arctic blast we've experienced. We'll reach a high Sunday of 46. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, it looks like Ron DeSantis was right again. It seems to happen a lot. He took a lot of heat from the media for rejecting the College Board's AP African American Studies course. Max Eden, a research fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, is here with the proof that he was right. Max, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's start with what the usual suspects in the media accused him of. DeSantis. Yeah, well, the... 
the, the usual suspects, of course, accused him of being a racist, you know, in some cases a white supremacist. And the allegation was Ron DeSantis doesn't want black history to be taught. Ron DeSantis doesn't want, you know, black kids to learn about uh, all aspects of their history in an honest way, including, you know, frankly, the various kind of atrocities that committed against them. He's trying to whitewash history. I would say that's, you know, you could have read a dozen articles, op-eds or news articles, and not actually come across the substance of what Ron objected to. Yeah, and I it, it, does it get any more predictable than that? As soon as I saw that he did it, I just waited for him to be called a racist, and I also knew that the stories that called him a racist would not include what it was in the curriculum that he didn't like, which is which was the case. I mean, I think they the mentioned case. the queer the queer theory. That's about the only thing it got mentioned: black queer studies, whatever it was. Right. And, you know, one thing they, they didn't mention was critical race theory, yeah, right? Because right. we all know that they're not teaching critical race theory in schools. Oh, of course not. No. Uh, at least that's what I've been told repeatedly. Yeah. But then, of course, you know, the funniest darn thing, as soon as the story changes, as soon as the AP revises its curriculum in response to the census objections, all of a sudden, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Human Rights Campaign, they took out all the critical race theory. <laughs> that's, you know, that's what they're accusing him of. Um, so, you know, it went from they're not teaching it to how dare they not teach it in about two seconds flat. Yeah. And, and you wrote in Newsweek that the last quarter of the curriculum, quote, presented the one-sided vision of far-left academics and fundamentally integral to the African-American experience and national contribution. What would the state have been teaching kids if DeSantis had accepted it? Uh, if DeSantis had accepted it, the state would have been teaching kids that that coterie of far-left academics that, that I talked about, you know, are the fundamental arbiters of the black experience or the fundamental arbiters of blackness, which is, of course, kind of one of the central tenets of critical race theory, right? Because three-quarters of the course was good and valuable history that really does reflect the black experience and contribution. But the whole last quarter was pure ideology. And so if any state had offered that course, it would have been engaging in race essentialism, right? To be black, you must believe these things yeah. or these ideas and these ideologies, you know, are essential to blackness. And, you know, we've, it's, not a, it's not an unfamiliar perspective. We've heard Joe Biden say, if you're on the fence about who to vote for, then you ain't black. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's a sad perspective. And it's one that, fortunately, schools won't be taking because DeSantis stepped in. Would it be safe to say that it's mostly white liberals who are out there telling black parents what their kids should be taught in school? I think it'd be pretty safe to say that, right? I mean, they'll hide behind these are, you know, black, like some of these are black academics. Of course, some of them are, are white academics. But for mm-hmm. the most part, the the entire conversation is, is set through white liberals who frankly have accepted the proposition that to be black c- carries a particular ideological meaning or valence, which is... You know, certainly in the case of queer theory, in the case of critical race theory, I think something that if you put to the average person on the street, be he black or white, they'd scratch their head at you and say, no, I don't think so. I think they're just, you know, people like everybody else are people. I don't think they're especially queer people or an especially, you know, uh, you know, this or that kind of ideologically straight people. They're just they're human beings like the rest of us. Well, uh, here's a here's a list that you have in your piece uh, at the Daily uh, uh, at the City Journal, I think is where I saw this. This is what was taken out uh, because DeSantis said we're not we're not accepting this program with these things in it. Here's a, a little list of the things that were in it and are not in it now: the Black feminist movement and womanism, uh, intersectionality and activism, Black feminist literary thought, Black queer studies, post-racial racism and colorblindness, incarceration and abolition movement for black lives and the reparations movement and black vernacular pop culture and cultural appropriation those are all things that we're going to be taught as part of this program right uh, and they're not yeah. in there now absolutely all those things are gone and to replace them we have units on the growth of the black middle class black political gains demographic and religious diversity and black achievement in science medicine and technology and you know the black political gains section they not only say, you know, Barack Obama is the first African-American president, Kamala Harris is the first African-American vice president, but they also put Colin Powell out there and they put Condoleezza Rice out there and they recommend reading her 2012 RNC speech. So it's just a fundamentally transformed course. You know, now all of it is history. All of it is pretty balanced rather than three quarters of it being history and one quarter of it being 
exactly what you read, just a parade of ideological drivel. Yeah. Now, what I don't see in there is the word slavery. Uh, would somebody look at that and say, well, wait a minute, I don't see that they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not teaching about slavery or Jim Crow. Then that's not oh, in the list still, of well, that is in the, in there already though right oh yeah that's that that, that was in the, the the first three quarters of the course are largely unchanged it's just the last quarter that's fundamentally different so you know the kids will still learn every not not everything about <laughs> slavery and, and and Jim Crow but they still will get a really robust image of it from it that was you know fortunately something that was in the first draft that made it through the second draft it was really only the ideology stuff in the last quarter of the course you know as they approached the present that changed. And I see that the kiddies are going to be deprived now because of Ron DeSantis of the wisdom of Angela Davis, longtime communist, and a choir of a shotgun for a for a you know hostage taking situation that killed a judge. Heaven yeah. forbid. Also, the winner of the Lenin Peace Prize. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they will be. They will not. They will not have her as, a, as an example. But she very, very sad. But she was in the original uh, proposition that DeSantis said uh, no. Yeah, no, she was. Her her reading was put out there as though it's, you know, something that must, of course, be read and must, of course, be agreed with. You know, none of these things, none of the sections that you read over were presented with any sense that these are even ideological and contested propositions. They're all just presented as matter of fact. And so if you want to present, you know, an alleged cop-killing accomplice, Soviet agent, <laughs> Lenin Peace Prize winner as a model for children, you know, DeSantis says, good luck, not on my watch. Yeah, and how... Uh, widespread is this curriculum, and, and who who is the college board or college boards that they get to do this? Where do they come from, and why are they why are they consulted on this in a state by state? I guess it's in a state by state basis. Well, they're uh, they're a national nonprofit organization that's best known for the SAT. Yeah, right. right. And it, yeah, that's what I think of when I hear it. Yeah, yeah. In addition to SAT, they also run the advanced placement program, which are courses. In high school, that can be offered for college credit or that can be taken for college credit if you score above a certain point. And so, you know, they do AP U.S. History, AP Art, AP English, and they just kind of waded into this ethnic studies territory with the AP African-American Studies and offered the course, which would have been to all states, of course, but, you know, states have a choice as to whether or not they accept or reject it. At least, you know, as Ron DeSantis has recognized, they do. I think it's very rare to see a leader kind of step in and say, no, this is unacceptable to us in our state. But if he didn't do that, then the college board would have been effectively acting as a national school board, setting the curriculum for the entire nation, which is not really how our federalist system is supposed to operate. Yeah, so, it, but it, is it widespread in lots of states where they just, whatever they come up with, the states just rubber stamp it? Yep, that's the college board. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, more or less. I mean, we saw there was a major controversy around the AP U.S. history framework back in 2014, and the original framework they put forward was very, very stilted to the left, and a bunch of kind of local politicians threatened to not allow it in their states, and they went back to the, the drawing board, and, and similar to this case, made it, frankly, a lot better. But yeah, that's basically it. They create the curriculum, and the states, for the most part, passively accept it. Um, and so uh, what's been the reaction from the people who were pushing the propaganda. I, 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 I don't imagine them being all that thrilled with it, having someone stand up to them. No, they've been outraged, right? I mean, the same reaction that we, that we expected him to have when, uh, <laughs> when, when DeSantis first took his move is the reaction that's been directed against the college board. You know, everybody is saying that the college board is caved around DeSantis, they've caved to racism. Um, Gavin Newsom called... Uh, David Coleman, who's the CEO of the College Board, a tool of Ron DeSantis. And, of course, as I said, now that you know the content has actually been taken out, they're admitting what the content was. They're admitting that this was all critical race theory, this was all intersectionality. And, of course, this has to belong in our schools, and you're racist if you think that it doesn't. We're talking to uh, Max Eden. He's a research fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Um, so... Uh, how much credit should DeSantis get for making the college board re revise it? I think you write in your piece that they don't want to give him any credit at all for it. No, they claim that this whole revision was already done in December of 2020, and DeSantis objected to it in January of 2023. And so if that's true, then then he doesn't necessarily get, get any of the credit. Um, and if that's true, as I, as I wrote, 
then the people who really deserve the credit are America's students and America's teachers who were able to look at this and say this is ideology, not history. These are college-level essays that are kind of hard to follow and full of uh, very laden things that don't belong in high school. And maybe they did that. Maybe it really was the students and teachers who stood up to the college board and said, the last quarter of your unit is unacceptable to us. But frankly, I doubt it. And I think uh, a whole lot of other people doubt it. You know, there was a, an article on NBC covering this, and one of the people associated with the curriculum swore, you know, this has nothing to do with Ron DeSantis, and then was asked by the reporter, can you come up with an example of anything that uh, changed that wasn't related to what DeSantis said? And the woman said, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, so, the, and, and, but the media, of course, they aren't going to change. They're going to, yeah. Ron DeSantis will forever be a racist. And this will be one of the, they'll, they'll keep falling back on this as their proof that he is a racist. Just hates black people, doesn't want to see black kids get educated, and wants to keep, a, a, wants to keep slavery a, a secret. Yeah, but you know, the good news is, and I think we've seen this from DeSantis repeatedly, right, is that he will pick these battles that look like they're obvious losers because you can tell the media narrative against you from the second that you pick it. And then you press forward anyway, you face the initial accusations that you know you're going to face that, frankly, most Republican politicians would be cowed by. And in the process of having this argument, people actually look beneath the accusations, they look beneath the headlines, and it turns out that, you know, the DeSantis position is the overwhelmingly popular position. We saw this with the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill. We saw this with critical race theory bans. We're seeing this again with, with this. So I think it's the kind of thing where, um, you know, the media will not change, but really the conversation is coming through to people and people are seeing the stakes. They are seeing kind of the division and these aren't really 50-50 issues. They're 70-30 issues. They're 80-20 issues. And to the extent that people actually pay attention to it, I think they come down on his side, even if they're mainstream liberals. And how do you like the chances of the college board changing what they're selling? I don't mean to Florida, but to just in general. Will they still be trying to push this wherever they can get away with it? Uh, well, we will have to see, right? It'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of what courses they try to sponsor next. I think this is a pretty big blow to them. Um, and there's a concern, you know, what if they try to push ethnic studies or women's studies or gender studies next? Because the African-American studies course kind of courted this, uh, this kind of disaster for them because so much of it at the academy is defined by far-left ideology. And so if they move forward with similar courses, I think they're going to face similar backlash, or hopefully they will not. And hopefully they'll just, you know, market the product that they have, which is now, I think, going to be acceptable to, to everybody. I, I would suspect DeSantis in Florida included, and try to not raise many more ruckus like this, because I think they come out to clear PR loser no matter what. I'm just about out of time here, but before I let you go, and I don't, maybe it's an unfair question, but I have to ask you, any idea what black queer studies is or? Uh, well, queerness, black, so queerness is the attempt to make the heteronormative problematic and unacceptable and uh, make it so that there is no such thing as normal, right? So okay. black queer studies takes the impulse to make everything normal abnormal and just adds a racial lens to it. <laughs> um. Okay, I'll take that. That's, I'm, gl I'm glad you were able to explain that. So, uh, that, and how does that prepare a kid for college? And uh, and how does it how does it make him um, better off heading out into the world as an adult, having gone through the well, Black Queer Studies program? It might prepare him for college because he might you know encounter a course like that in college. That's but I don't right. think it's going to make him any any better off in the real world. <laughs> Hey, uh, Max, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, and great piece. Uh, you can find it at city-journal.org, I guess it is. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, good. I hope to have you on again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Okay, you too. That's Max Eden. He is also a research fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. I'll be right back. Entering a time of increasing hostility against people of faith, a time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral and physical and financial basis, unlike any other time in our lifetime. I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author, evangelical leader, here to remind you that you have to take action to protect and steward what God has given you.
For example, record high inflation is going to continue to eat away at the dollar, and the savings of your retirement account is in danger. Fortunately, God does provide a way. To protect your retirement, I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. Now, to see how it works, just text the word FAITH to 989898. That'll give you access to a free info kit on gold IRAs. There are no strings attached, so text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 right now, and I pray your family is blessed with peace of mind because you took action. Did you know that the average price of a used car is up over 40% from just a year ago? The cost of living has gone up, and the cost for auto repairs is rising as well. The car you have needs to last you longer than ever. So if your vehicle has less than 150,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire, or with no warranty coverage at all, you need to call CarShield at 800-523-8667. We've just announced a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle service plan to help save thousands of dollars on out-of-pocket expenses for future auto repairs. While the cost for new and used cars continue to go up, CarShield offers protection plans at an all-time low. Drivers who activate their plan today will also receive 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing and emergency tire, battery, and key lockout service. Call 800-523-8667 today to save 20% on your plan. That's 800-523-8667. Keep your car protected. Call 800-523-8667. Again, 800-523-8667. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much for your wireless service. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big carriers on the exact same network but saves the average family over $800 a year. And Pure Talk doesn't lock you into an overpriced, unlimited data contract. Why pay for data you don't need? Instead, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. So what are you waiting for? Start saving today. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code half off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code half off. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK. Enjoy! This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the big guy's at it again. Um... He, was, he, he wanted to have a little press conference today and jump up and down and celebrate how uh, wonderful the unemployment rate is, which nobody really buys because uh, I'm not smart enough to go into the details. But if you've got a, an economist here and tell you that he or she would tell you that the, uh, the numbers are not the same as they used to be and it's because of so many different things with so many jobs out there that they can't fill and blah, blah, blah. But – so and then when, when he said at the end of his little statement about how wonderful things are with the economy, he said he's not he'll take a questions on the economy but nothing else. And the guys uh, and the crowd said, "Why?" He said, well, because if I if I take questions from about anything else, you won't cover this. Meaning his wonderful news today. So somebody yelled out, "Do you take any blame for inflation, Mr. President?" And he said, "Do I take any blame for imp- inflation? No." Then the reporter said, well, why not? He said, because it was already there when I got here, man. Well, that's another one of Joe's lies because when when Joe took over in January of 2021, inflation was 
pretty much non-existent, 1.4%. And now it's like he's gotten it as high as 9.1. That's what I, one number I saw. But it's it wasn't bad when he took over. It was really good, actually, and he's made it worse. So you got that, and then you have this balloon that's floating around right now. That The news came out, I guess, started last night, but it's out there today. Everybody's talking about it, and what, you're gonna, what are they going to do about it? It's a balloon that's owned by the Chinese communists, and it's out there floating around. It was, it was in Montana, out near a, a missile site where they have the silos, and it's not, doesn't, it doesn't look like it's a good idea to have it floating around the country. And it hasn't been shot down yet. No, it's, just, it's just gliding across the country. So when I see that, I, I have my question is, how long would a, a balloon with, that was sent over to China by the United States of America, how long would, that, how long would it be in the sky after somebody saw it? 30 seconds maybe? They'd nuke it if they had to, to get rid of it. But here, they're in America with Joe Biden, and I don't know what it is. I don't know how dangerous it is. or I just know it's the Chinese have admitted it's their balloon. I don't know anything about it. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe that's going to, you know, pop and candy's going to fall out of it for the kiddies. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's from China. Shoot it down. Blow it up. You know, have some fun with it at the very least. Just get rid of it. What, what are they doing? It's just the, the world is just so upside down. Oh, yes, and by the way, I meant to run the soundbite and I forgot about it, but you've probably seen it or heard it. Uh, Joe said yesterday that <laughs> he said he's talking about how diverse his cabinet is or as diverse his administration is, and he said half of the women in my administration are women. <laughs> I mean, you know, people jumped on it, and I think in many cases they're unfair to the guy. I mean, he obviously is, he's, his brain is addled, and he's, has, he's demented, and he's going senile. But, he, you know, there's such a thing as just like a slip of the tongue, and I think it might have been more that than anything. But for him to say that is so funny because the first thing I thought of when he said that was Dr. Rachel Levine, the guy who's running around in the admiral suit. And I was wondering, does he count? I mean, who's keeping score here? Then there's the other guy in the high heels who was in charge of the nuclear waste. Do they count as all the women? I don't know. Talk to you Monday. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.